right, welcome to Jeff Hagee Daily Success Strategies. I'm excited today to have Sean Camacho with me. I'm we we met a while back. He is doing some amazing things here in Arizona in real estate, and we had an opportunity to sit down and talk about his journey a bit. And so I asked him to be on the show and share some of that with us because, you know, right now in the real estate industry, we always watch the highs and lows. And you've got to have that entrepreneurial spirit to really know how you're going to navigate through these waters and help your clients through all that. And so I wanted to get Sean on here with me to help, you know, talk about some of that story and some of the cool things he's done and that he is doing and just really talk about his entrepreneurial journey. So welcome, Sean. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hey, awesome. Thank you. And Hope I can add some golden nuggets today to your community, and and um, I'm thankful for your example. I, I we met a while back, and I've been able to follow some of your uh, business and coaching and stuff, and and I think I think uh, you're impacting a lot of people. So when you asked me to be on the bo- the podcast, I was like, yeah, because you probably have a great community, and and if I can give back, and you know my saying, spread where's it at? Oh, it's right here. Spread the sugar. So that's what that whole saying is, is, is just pay it forward, spread the sugar. And you never, you never know when you might uh, be able to drop a golden nugget for somebody or another business owner. You know, all of us are in the trenches and we're all looking to, to make our businesses better, more efficient, service our product better or our customers better. And the best way is to, um, you know, mastermind and brainstorm with other people. And that's what I've learned a lot is, um, the, the, when somebody re- like you, Jeff, you reached out to me, I took the opportunity to, to meet with you. Cause you, you never know, like I can learn from you. You can learn from me. And, and, and sometimes as entre- entrepreneurs, um, we're, we're stuck in our little dungeon and we're, 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 we're focusing on, got the eye on the prize. And sometimes you need to, you need to brainstorm and mastermind with, with other great business, um, business minds. So, um, but to take you back, I've always been a, a, a math guy, a number guy, you know, taking it back to my childhood, I would say I always liked math. I wasn't really, I wasn't a, um, a science guy or English guy. I just, for some reason, I love math. My mom was an accountant. So maybe that was, she had a little bit of impact on me. She taught me how to budget and how to, how to organize a checkbook. And, and so I've always loved math and banking. And, um, I I'm trying to go back, back, like thinking of some of my first few jobs, I've always been in like customer service roles, um, service industry. Um, you could say it's sales. I've always been involved in customer service where you were either selling a product or helping a customer, um, solve a problem. And I think what caught on to me was I saw the opportunity and the satisfaction I got out of helping people. Um, I'm thinking of my first job. I don't know if a lot of people know about this company, but it was called Circuit City. Circuit City, that was like my, I would say like my real first official job. Not, not you know, not counseling at the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club or fast food or something, but I would say Cir- Circuit City, which was like a Best Buy um or electronic store. And that's when I, that's when I really got my first true experience of customer service and how important it was to 
help somebody come in that wanted an item and then make sure it answered what their needs were from a, from a electronic or technology situation and then make sure that the product did its job. So that was my first true job. And then I was going to college at the time and I was sitting in my economics class and this is where I, I fell in love with real estate. I was sitting in my economics class and the professor was going over supply and demand. And uh, he was kind of challenging us to think in the future, what are, what are some businesses you want to run or what are some jobs you want to have? And he, and he, and he said, I, I challenge you to think of a product or a service or an industry that has good supply and demand. And so I'm sitting there in the auditorium of a hundred students. And I'm like, I just started going through options and I'm like, well, people need cars. And so I started going through products that people needed um, on a daily basis. And I was like, well, I, yeah, I'm not a car guy and I don't know if I want to sell cars. Um, but I, going back, I should have been thinking differently. I should have been thinking, how can I own a car dealership? Not, Right. Not, I don't want to sell cars. I should have been thinking if I had today's knowledge back at 20 years old, I should have been challenging myself. Oh, how do I own a dealership or versus being the, you know, the front line or whatever. But, but so I started going through people need cars, people need food, people need appliances. And then like, then, then the light bulb went off and I was like, well, this is this this next one is uh, what's it called In indestructible. I was like everybody needs a place to live, and so that was like my first aha real estate moment that got me to go um, down that that path. And I just started then for the next year. I just started putting energy and effort and started started studying studying real estate. Um, I can remember a Dale Carnegie, I mean, most of us know this quote, but a Dale Carnegie quote, how like most millionaires, most millionaires, it's it really at some point real estate helped them. And so I saw that quote in that when I was doing studying in that year after that economics class, and I saw that quote and that really inspired me. And so to give you a timeline. Um, that's like 2002, 2003. And in Arizona, the real estate market started to catch fire in the early 2000s. So I'm like 20, I think I'm, you know, in my early 20s. I'm 42 now. So I'm in my early 20s at this time. And that's when I started hearing people say like, you should buy a house. And I started learning about real estate and in, in, investing in real estate. So I bought my first house around 2003, 2004. And that was like my first big investment. And I saw what it did for me. And then that's when I was like, you know what? I want to be a real estate agent. So that's, those are like my couple epiphanies um, when it comes to why I got into real estate. And then I got my real estate license and I was actually showing homes and a VP of sales met me at an open house or I was showing homes but he was a VP of sales at a home builder. Okay. So most of us know these home builders, they, they build, they build the communities with the models, model offices and the sales office. And he's like, you need to come over and be a, 
a new home salesperson, you would you would be you'd be phenomenal. You're 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 a nice guy. You're honest. You're you're a good communicator. And I was like, you know, what do I got to lose? Um, and and I was still studying real estate. And and I just I just bought like bought my first house, and I was falling in love with like just how people how how one day you're not qualified, but the next day connecting the dots and now you can buy a house. Like I really, I like that chalk, that puzzle, that, that puzzle of the process. And so I went and did new home sales for about four or five years from like 2003. And then you, um, all the way to like 2009, when eight, nine, 10 was when you had the crash. And then I tried to try to tough it out with the builder, but the builder went out of business. Um, and then that's when I switched over to resale was like 2010, 2011, uh, switched over to resale. And I, I, I took my shot at, and my chance at becoming a realtor basically where you're, I'm helping, you know, friends and family and, um, homeowners sell and buy real estate. So I've been doing that for the last 12 years and have, haven't looked back, haven't looked back. Awesome. Hey, some of you may know this, but in addition to my coaching, I've recently joined Geneva Financial Home Loans, a mortgage lender headquartered in Chandler, Arizona as a mortgage loan originator. I've always had a passion for serving others, and now I'm proud to also be a part of Home Loans Powered by Humans. If you're in the state of Arizona and looking to take the next step in your journey, contact me at 801-830-3858 to start the conversation. NMLS number 42056, BK number 0910215, equal opportunity lender. You've got some, I mean, your, your background and experience in it is really great for, you know, the dynamics of people that listen to this are everyone from someone that's wanting to be an entrepreneur to someone that's been a long time entrepreneur. So I'd love to dig into a few of these things you've talked about a little bit more because one of the things you talked about right at the beginning that kind of got you interested was the fact that, um, you know, real estate is one of the assets a lot of people use in creating their wealth. And, you know, you look at a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they are in real estate, or you look at a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they build a successful business or product or whatever, and then they get into real estate. So talk about why, it is such a great entrepreneurial journey to get into real estate that it was one of my first entrepreneurial journeys was buying some townhouses, buying a mini storage facility, buying some apartments and stuff like that. I'm a strong believer in that. I, that I think real estate is a great entrepreneurial journey and a great way to add into a portfolio. So talk about real estate as an investment. Yeah. So when I was studying, you know, I, there's two sides of real estate. There's the service side, which is what, what realtors do, where we help people invest in real estate and, and help and sell and buy real estate. So I was studying, studying that avenue. But at the same time, I was studying the, the, what, what, what have the wealthy done with real estate? And that's when I came across that Dale Carnegie quote, and it just really sunk in that. And I, so then I started studying wealthy people. And I'm like, okay, if you study their their timeline or their growth every almost nine out of ten people real estate was like a stepping stone to help them buy a business um so the capital they earned from their real estate investments 
help them give the capital to, to buy, whether it be equipment, machines, warehouses, um, uh, branding. Uh, so that started intriguing me. And um, I've always been a great learner of, of studying people and how did real estate kind of catapult them? You know, most people, their growth goes like this. It's steady, steady, steady. And then they have an event that like, like catapults them. And I studied many, many um, successful wealthy people. And the common thing was they use their real estate to catapult their business, whether it was to, whether it was to merge their business or, or go buy out a business that, that was already, already streamlined. Um, 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 so that's where I started thinking differently. And that's, that's why I love real estate is because not only is it a, a vehicle to help families build wealth and, and help them move up in life and, and, and create assets for their family legacy. But I started to see many business owners, that's how they got their foot in the door was their real estate vehicle or their real estate assets gave them the capital. And when that opportunity fell in their lap to buy um, a plumbing business, uh, uh, a, a, a catering business, a, a cookie, a cookie shop, a bakery, whatever they they were able to use their real estate capital to to take advantage of that opportunity, versus versus um, you know having uh, having it be money money that was gifted to them or handed down to them or them laboring for 20 years to save up money to buy a business real estate was the common vehicle that i saw the common the common um factor that helped people uh take advantage of whether it was a business opportunity or a personal opportunity to get and so and i just learned one um on another another podcast just i'm a i'm a constant learner constant studying people and I don't know if it's true. I don't know the accuracy behind it, but the owner of the Lakers, Magic Johnson was being interviewed and Magic Johnson said that the owner of the Lakers owned real estate and he, the owner of the Lakers used his real estate money to buy the Lakers like back, back and back in the day. And so it's like examples like that, that just like, like get right. me get, get me excited to get me thinking differently um but can you rephrase the question jeff i want to make sure i'm answering it or or yeah you are um you know just looking at it as just like that you know it's it's really a stepping stone for someone to accelerate their portfolio or you see like we're saying a lot of successful entrepreneurs that they add it because it is such a, a good investment to be making for long-term and just any of your thoughts around that. And, you know, I guess one of the things, because like I said, I've got listeners from, you know, young guys that are wanting to be entrepreneurs, wanting to start their investment journey and those that are well-established. Um, what, what are some of the things you look at and you educate people on when you're dealing with investors who are looking to buy? Because I remember when I bought my first um, rental properties, I bought some townhouses that I paid 55,000 a door. And I thought that was astronomical at the time. Well, if I could buy 10,000 at 55,000 a door right now, I'd be happy because 
you know, they don't, they're not making any more land. And so talk, talk about the return on investment just through appreciation and, and those sort of things too. Yeah. One, one thing for, for new entrepreneurs, but also I think it's important for veterans, um, you know, people who have been entrepreneurs for a while, you got to constantly challenge yourself to think differently. Um, sometimes when, when, and I, I do this to myself, when, when you've either had success or no success, you're, you're either, you're either thinking too small or short, you're short, you're thinking short-term versus long-term um, when you, so for the new entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're trying to gain momentum and, and it, it is, it is compound interest and you, and you do got to think you do need to have results short-term, but you got to remember at some point your compound interest is going to pay off. And I, and, and I'm a big believer, like, people just end up quitting too early. It's like that old common where the guy's digging for gold and he, and he quits, he quits like two swings early and the gold's like on the other side of the, like one, one inch of mud. And I, I see that with so many people. Um, like a lot of my friends are small business owners and they'll, they'll run at it for about a year. But for some reason, in my experience, it's like 18 months to two years and take it to a franchise model. Most franchises don't break even until two years, but then they catapult. So it's like where, where I'm going with this is challenge yourself to, to yes, think short term, but you got to remind yourself to think long term that your hard work. It's, it's like building bricks. You're, you're, it's going to pay off. It's got to pay off at some point, whether it's two years, three years or five years. And, it, and you have to challenge yourself to be willing to um, have that discipline to tough it out. Um, and, and, and we're all human. We all have our days where we're like, man, am I even making any progress? But that's that's human nature. Um, and I, I can tell you. I'm, I'm going to take it back. So about eight years ago, I did open houses every weekend for a year straight every Saturday, Sunday for a year straight. And I told myself, Sean, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. But it, that's how I built momentum. Like I, I, I set, I told myself you, there's no way you could not be successful if you commit to this for one year. And that first year I only sold like six houses. The next year I sold like 18 and then I just kept doubling from there. But if I would have given up, I would never got to year five where I did like 60 houses. Right. And now, now I'm in like year 15. And for the last five years, um, I've got my business down and my system down to where um, last five years I've done 75 plus. I've been going from like 75 to, 75 to 90 families, uh, helping 75 to 90 families. The goal, I haven't changed my goal. My goal for like five years been a been a hundred. I've wanted to help a hundred families in one year. And I've gotten close. I've gotten to like 92. And um, so if you're a new entrepreneur, keep getting around guys like Jeff. I mean, guys like Jeff and me and other people that you're learning from. I see it as an opportunity where you could shave five years off of your trajectory. You could shave 10 years off your tra tra trajectory of your business. Um, 
I was just talking to a buddy the other day. He's, he's like a client slash buddy. He's 25. And he's like, Sean, what advice do you have for me? And I said, I said, Matt, if I wish I had somebody tell me this, I would buy one home a year from the age of 25 to 35. I said, I wish I had somebody tell me that. So I'm telling you, Matt, you should buy one house a year from 25 to 35. And in 10, when you're at 35, you're going to have so many options. And I said, I wish I had that because I'm going to accomplish, I'm 42. And my goal is by 45 is to have 10 properties free and clear. And I said, you have a chance to do what I'm doing. You have a chance to do it a whole decade earlier. Um, so that's why that's why where I'm going with this is whether you're a veteran entrepreneur or or a, a seasoned entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur, um, keep learning, keep thinking short term but long term, and keep keep reminding yourself that 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 the dam's going to break at some point. The water's going to break. You just you gotta you gotta you gotta know that it's going to pay off at some point. And you, you need to choose whether it's going to be three years, five years, seven years, or 10 years. Um, and so, and then we're back to real estate. Uh, I work with investment clients and, and yes, they want instant gratification. But what I've learned from my investor clients is they run, they run their real estate like an entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is, they're they're looking for short term short term victories, but but they're also looking for long term victories. And if they can't manage it long term, or if they can't stick it out long term, or tough it out long term, kind of with the the three year, five year, seven year, ten year project tra trajectory that we're talking about, they don't invest in it. And that's another thing. That's another thing. I I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs. It's hard for for you to learn how to say no, it's okay to say no. You don't have to say, right. you don't have to say yes to 12 different shiny objects. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and something you're kind of alluding to that is perfect to transition to the next thing I wanted to ask you. And it's something that you talked about in the introduction too. talk about, um, you know, you're just talking about Matt and talk about, Proximity is power. The importance of the people you spend time with, that you surround yourself with, and how that has influenced you in your journey. Yeah. So now that I'm getting older, my my mindset on time has changed so much. Because um, now I'm now I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a business owner. So as you, what I've learned as you get older, um, I have a three year old and a seven year old. Um, I run a business. I have I have investment properties that I manage myself. Uh, I'm a husband, obviously, and so like I'm. I, I've learned as you get older, you have time management is so key. When you're younger, you you feel like you have you have endless time. But you kind of don't because of compound interest. And if, if you're a young entrepreneur, I would challenge yourself to really, really um, protect your time, invest your time. Uh, I can get a little critical, like, like overcritical. Um, it's, it's a strength of mine, but it's a weakness of mine where like if I have an option of wasting an hour or being productive for an hour, I won't waste an hour. Um, you know, I, 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 
because an hour is so you, I, I try to maximize my hours and I've learned that about time instead of, instead of taking six hours to do something and just kind of going with the flow, I would, I would rather be intense and maximize two hours. So then that, that opens up four hours for my kids, my wife, um, family stuff. So, um, that's my relationship with time has definitely changed. And, and as I'm getting older, um, I'm realizing how important time is not only from a personal lifestyle, but also a business as a business owner, because you can, I think a lot of us are guilty. I'm guilty of it. You know, when you're trying to get that momentum, you're, you're spending a lot of work hours. And, and, and so if you can be very uh, intentional, that's the word, be intentional with your time management. And a lot of us, you know, we learn, oh, you got to work hard. You got to work hard. You got to work 14 hours a day. You got to work four twelve. you know, you got to, you got to work 12 hours a day. That's something I'm learning about maximizing my time. You can, you can be way more productive if you maximize two hours versus working for like 14 hours. And you get to a point where, yeah, you might have a 14 hour day, but you're doing stuff you love. Like this is, this is, this is an hour of my day today but I love doing this. I'm, you know, rubbing shoulders, knee, knee to knee with Jeff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm paying it forward. Um, so it, it, yeah, you might still have those 12 hour days or 14 hour days, but it won't feel like you were digging a hole for 14 hours. So. Right. Awesome. Now this is, there's a lot of nuggets in here that are really valuable to be sharing. So thank you for that. So I, I will include everything in the, show notes and I'll actually have it up on my blog as well. But if someone wants to follow your journey, if someone wants to contact you or if someone here in Arizona wants to talk to you about real estate, how do people find you? Yeah, thanks. Um, I am pretty, pretty good online with my, my YouTube and my, my social media um, profiles. So if you just do, if you Google Sean Camacho, Arizona, my YouTube should pop up. Um, or if you look, look me up on Facebook, Sean Camacho under Facebook on Instagram, it's uh, Sean Camacho, uh, real estate guru. <laughs> That's something I kind of branded myself as the real estate guru. And I'm glad you bring that up. You have, you have to believe in yourself. It's so important. Like you have to identify, um, you have something I learned from another coach and mentor that I was learning from. Um, you're not starting a business. You are a business. And that's, that's, as I started thinking differently, I started thinking, okay, Sean Camacho is a business. That's how I came up with the real estate guru because it's, and in, in today branding, the old phrase, always be closing. You know, I learned about that the new phrase is always be branding. And, and that's, that's a phrase I, I constantly remind myself, always be branding. And if, if you're always thinking, okay, how can I brand myself? It takes you to that next thought. You, Sean or John or Bobby or Sally or Jill or Kelly, you are a business. You're not starting a business. And I think just that, that twist a lot of people forget that they're like, Oh, I'm going to go start a business, but they forget, they forget that they are the business, no matter, no matter what, what industry you're in, 
you are you are a business and you need to start from there then you go start your business on whatever product or service or 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 type of business you're you're trying to create so that's awesome and you know you're you're so right because yeah working as a realtor it's definitely impacted this way but every business their their clientele go through a buyer's journey and it's only a small percentage of them that are ready to buy right now that are now buyers and when they become now buyers how are you going to make them come to you you've got to have that brand and you're doing very well at that your brand is growing and it's uh, very well known so when people say you know what i'm looking at buying i'm looking at selling They've got to have someone in mind that they're going to talk to. And so that's so important to build that brand, like you're saying. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's really valuable. And that's, well, Sean, that's, that's what I learned about was the, why branding was so important is because most <clears throat> most people I come across, they 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 know three to five realtors. And, and I, I want my name to pop in that five. Right. And, and so that's, that's what got me reminding myself, you, you, you are the business and Sean needs to pop up in those top five. And then you take it to a business level. And then that's when I start, you start investing money and advertising, uh, taking coaching, all that stuff. So Absolutely. No, that's, that's huge. That's really valuable. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Well, Sean, this is, this has been awesome. And like I said, I will make sure for anyone that's listening, if you're driving or whatever, don't worry about it. The links and contacts and everything will be in the show notes so that you can make sure to connect with Sean. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant guy, brilliant realtor, doing some great things here in Arizona. So thank you again, Sean. Appreciate everything you've shared with us today and good luck with all you're doing. You too, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, if I can be a resource, uh, personal business, uh, real estate, I always like to pay it forward and spread the sugar. And uh, any of your your clients or your community, uh, feel free to reach out. Are you an entrepreneur who wants to discover the breakthrough secrets that will produce the results you've been searching for, but you just can't seem to figure out why you keep working harder and harder and you're just not getting those results? I want to tell you about a new challenge that I've created just for you the business domination challenge. If you want to create the entrepreneurial lifestyle and the business you dream of, then this is exactly what you're looking for. I created the business domination challenge to show you how to grow your business exponentially and to become an optimal performing entrepreneur. What's an optimal performing entrepreneur? It's an entrepreneur who's succeeding in all areas of their life. If I show you how to build a successful business, but your relationships, your health and everything else is falling apart, that's not a success. It's not about working harder, it's about implementing the correct principles and becoming the person who can do the things that produce the results. Hurry and go to jeffhagey.com slash business domination and secure your spot today. The athletes and parents of athletes. So much time, money, and effort is put into the physical aspect of your sport to become the best you can be. But the mental game, it's often neglected and it's just as important as the physical game. In fact, it's usually the differentiator between the good and the great athletes. Come and join me in the Confident Athlete Program where you'll learn to control your confidence, develop a powerful mindset, and unlock your full potential. Go to jeffhagey.com slash confidentathlete to find out more.